What's the game-changing realization that helped you build a high-performing team? That question is at the center of every episode of the HR Impact Show. Every HR professional wants to build a team that has empowered managers, engaged employees, and an organization that's striving to become elite. The challenge is that you're often told to do more with less. We're gonna fix that. Every week, we will feature executive and senior HR leaders from across the country, and they will share with us their actionable insights and best practices that can help empower you to create an engaged elite workforce. Here's the show. Hi there, I'm CT once again at Engage Rocket, and I've always been curious about this. Now that we've all gotten used to remote work and hybrid work, what are the secrets to be able to build an elite team while everyone is working remotely and not even in the same geography or time zone? We're going to be answering that question with Nels Pedersen today from Oyster, and she's currently based in Seattle. He's got deep roots in the technology space. He's at He's working at Oyster and they've raised over $250 million to allow companies to be able to access the best talent globally. Really uh, glad to have you on the show. Welcome, Nels. Yeah, thanks for having me. Great to be here. Yeah, so tell us a little bit more about yourself and what Oyster does. Yeah, for sure. Oyster is a global employment platform. So our purpose in this world is to help companies become a little bit more global and specifically what that means is if you're a company looking to hire somebody in a different country, we help make that possible. So you don't need a, an entity in a different country to work with us, or sorry, to hire somebody you can work with Oyster and we help you compliantly play, pay them, manage them, onboard them, offboard them. We're really, we're a part of this kind of new wave of companies in the employer record space that is really focused on helping make the world a little bit more global. And it's been a really fun, wild ride. I've been at the company for just over a year now, which is a th almost a third of the life of the company. We're a, we're a just, I think it's about a three-year-old company now, close to 700 teammates. And I think it's over 65 countries. So all across, just tons of different teammates all across the world. We're, we really very much practice what we preach, right? Our mission is to help make the world a more global place, help make it more accessible for companies to, to hire really talented people, regardless of where they are. And that's what we do ourselves. So I sit in Seattle, I get to work with a, a ton of people across Europe, Asia, you name it, uh, across a bunch of different time zones. So this question and idea of how do you do that successfully and how do you build an environment that scales that allows you to do that has been on the, the forefront of our minds at Oyster. But my role specifically, so we have a partnerships team and partnerships at Oyster is, I guess it's twofold. We love building partnerships that helps drive new business that we otherwise might not meet. So building partners where we can help add value to their clients or their customers. But the other side too, is we have a specific product and we love bringing in partners that can also help add value to ours. The area I work within partnerships is we have a specific team focused on building partnerships with service-based businesses. So think lawyers, accountants, HR consultants, and we're focused on building really close value out of partnership with those types of folks. We're cool. Yeah, I love the fact that you guys are only three years old. It blows my mind. I, for some reason, I feel like you guys have been around for ages because you're all over, you're everywhere, right? I, I see you guys everywhere. And I also love the fact that you guys are drinking your own champagne or eating your own dog food, whatever it is that, whichever hand you want. <laughs> I think the champagne one sounds more elegant. We'll take that. Sounds much better, right? Yeah. And 
it's not easy. It's really not easy to build a team when you're completely remote, especially I think like people like you and me, we like being with people. And especially when the people that we're working with, we see, we get into high stress environments with them. And sometimes it's always good to fall back on that human to human connection in person. So I'm going to, I'm going to put this to you. What was this, what was the game changing realization or discovery that helped you to craft this skill of working in and building a high performance team while remote? So you can talk a little bit about how you've experienced it on the employee end, as well as how you've, you've worked with your distributed team around the world. It, it is mind blowing to me when I first joined Oyster, I've been at companies that have been decades old and it feels like processes just aren't thoughtful or scalable. And I've gone through some clunky onboarding processes with other companies. I was really impressed with when I joined Oyster. So just over a year ago, I, I had onboarding process that I went through was incredibly thoughtful as far as my introduction to the company, my introduction to we're a team of 700. So there are multiple different teams within Oyster and you, you have to learn about how do they all operate? So product sits over here, engineering sits over here, designs here, sales is here. Like how, who are the leaders on the teams? Who are the people that you're working with? How do they operate? What are their directives? What are they focused on? These are all little things that you take for granted, but are really important to your individual role. So all of that information was distilled really thoughtful, thoughtfully into both in-person sessions and by in-person like Zoom sessions where we got to learn from different leaders. We had asynchronous, we, as a team, we have mastered the craft of consuming content asynchronously. And I, that was something by the day that I joined, we had a kind of a thoughtful list of like, Hey, here's your onboarding and you're going to go through this and you can reference it after the fact. And it's a series of videos and, and different learnings. So it was that perfect blend of getting a chance to actually meet and talk with real people in a distributed environment. That means it's through a video call. And it was something that I, I really appreciated when you can't do it in person, the next best thing is doing it through video. But then it's also, since we're in so many different time zones, it's not practical to say somebody in Singapore needs to work the same hours as somebody in Seattle, right? We are in just different parts of the world. It was really important, I know, to the Oyster leadership team that when we first launched the company, we were building an environment where people can work there and work and live their lives the, the way they should be living in the, the area that they're at. For some people that might be standard working hours for others. It might be, they really love working in the morning and, and getting done earlier, regardless of what it was or what it is, it's supported. And, and the, the infrastructure at Oyster very much supported this idea of asynchronously working. So there was a huge emphasis on being very open about your working hours and communicating with that, with folks, not taking meetings that fell out of those hours, really prioritizing certain aspects of life. And I, I found to your question of what game-changing things help make this distributed world possible. That was the biggest thing. It's like people are people. And I think we did a really good job at o Oyster recognizing that that's the case. And there's a reason they hired Nels. There's a reason they hired whatever, whoever on the team. It's because I, I bring a level of experience and skills and they want me to be my best person and be able to live my life and also give my all to work. And if you ask too much on the work side, then it, it takes away from your own life and it, it just leads to this complicated, non-sustainable mess. So our team did a really good job building a foundation that scales. And for us, that was super quickly, right? 700 people almost in, 
in three years, like we were hiring like crazy. And it was almost every Monday we would have another 10, 20, 30 people start. And you can't chance the fact that's going to go well. You have to be really thoughtful about it. So I was really impressed with the infrastructure that our team had built out. And it, they were able to con continue to grow on it as we grew as a company. What you said makes a lot of sense. No, because you want to get it right from day one. Like the, when the moment someone joins the team, your that whole design around that is it's got to be super thoughtful, which is what you mentioned. And yeah, as I didn't it didn't register until you told me because if you guys scale that quickly, that means if you're adding ten to twenty people per week, this entire process has to be you got to nail it down and. Every week, literally, everyone on the team is pretty much going to be new to everybody else in, in many cases. And what do you find, like beyond that first 30, 60, 90 days, what have you found, like on a day-to-day -day basis, what do you do to keep your team motivated? What do you do to keep your team aligned and excited about what's coming? Our partnerships team is 12 people. We'd say within the, the sales team as well. And. So it's 12 immediate folks that, that kind of work on partnerships and then more, more after that. So there's a lot of different people that you might work with on a given day-to-day -day basis. It can get easy to live in this silo, right? At the end of the day, I'm a salesperson, right? I have certain numbers and quotas that I'm trying to hit for the segment that we have. And it can be easy to live in this silo where I'm not collaborating with other internal folks. And it's been heavily encouraged by our team and also just a personal initiative that I've taken really trying to build, build and grow roads within our company, right? At the end of the day, I'm out there building partnerships and I don't know everything about our product. There are certain experts that know little nuances of compliance codes in certain countries. And I love looping them into our conversations, right? I, I love getting sales team involved, getting our product specialists involved, where it makes sense if we're talking about integrations, getting our product team involved. So did, how do we, how do you keep the energy high? in a, an environment where when you've raised as much money as we have, you need to grow quickly. That is the directive of any company that's fundraised like we have. And you need to do it in a thoughtful way too. I found the way to embrace and have fun with that growth is just find fun ways to collaborate with your team, right? Take, everybody's got a little bit of an expertise. How do you loop them into what you're doing and how do you align it with what their goals are too, right? Each of our teams has different metrics that we're working towards, different OKRs. Partnerships is maybe different than sales, maybe different than a different department. How do we make sure that we can work together to help push all of these metrics forward and find success as an overall team? So I, I love, how do I keep that energy? A lot of it is finding new people to meet on our team, finding new ways to work with people on our team. And I, as silly as it sounds, almost get as much satisfaction out of helping other people hit their goals as I do myself. And at the end of the day, it's one of those, it's one of those circular things where if you're the more activity you do, the more good work you do, the more good things come back to you. And it, it, it also makes it way more fun to work. If you're too narrow focused on one particular thing, you're going to burn yourself out. And we're in a world that changes like every day, right? Or we're in a market that changes every day. Like some months companies are hiring a ton. Some months companies are, are restructuring their teams. They're rethinking their hiring plans. And like we're a product built on helping companies hire compliantly. So it, we have to be able and willing to adjust. And, and also as individuals within Oyster, we also have to adjust. So it's, yeah, the, the short answer after the really long one is just, I, I get a ton of energy and I know teammates of mine get a ton of energy by finding opportunities to work internally, 
Wow, it's been a great conversation so far. Make sure you join the HR Impact community where we gather a community of HR leaders just like you. This is a space where top people leaders share actionable insights and practical playbooks. Sign up today as a member for the community. Get updates on the latest HR resources and exclusive event invites. You can join the community at www.engagerocket.co slash HR impact. And now back to the show. How do you go about doing this? Because some, sometimes when we look at employee engagement research, we find that the best teams tend to have people who are quote unquote, best friends at work. And it's easier to make friends at work when you're in the same location, geography, you get to hang out at the water cooler together, you get to break bread together, that kind of stuff. How have you gone about doing this with your team? Back to the like humans are humans. It's silly, but I, I just, if we have a reason that we're connecting, so CT and Nels are going to get together for a meeting. I spend a non-significant or a non-insignificant. I spend a good chunk of the time just catching up. I, for a meeting for 30 minutes, it might be five, 10 minutes where we're just ripping, having fun. I, I like, this is now my own personal thing. I like to get to know people. Right. I like to know what's going on in your life to the extent that you want to share. It's fun to hear what your hobbies are. It's fun to hear what you did over the weekend. And I, I hope that you're as excited to, to know that about me. So I, the way I do it, and it's not a, it's not a calculated thing. It's it, you treat it naturally, right? We're meeting for a, the purpose of a meeting, but it can get so stale if you're living in an environment where you go from back to back transactional meeting, where there's no time to just like figure out who you're working with, what they're what they get excited about in life. That would might normally happen at a water cooler. Now it for Oyster or for you know, distributed teams, it happens over Zoom. And I find that it's a little bit of my personality. And I think, and I also try to be intentional about it is just, I, I just, I, it's not how I like to start meetings and conversations. But we all go through the same stuff. In our case, like we, we have goals that we're hitting, like asking about that, t- taking a step back to see how people are doing, or if they have some big fun event that they've shared that's going on in their life remembering it. I'll take little notes down about just like you might take a note on, on a, a client or a customer call that you have and throw it in a CRM. Like I, I'll take the little notes down. It's, oh, it's somebody's birthday next week. And I want to make sure that I'll make a calendar invite to wish him a happy birthday. Little stuff like that. And just try to be intentional about it. How would you break down everything that you've said about building elite teams remotely? into some kind of framework or checklist that someone in your position in another company can just take away from this conversation and apply almost immediately? There's two ways I'll answer that. So the first one, when it comes to engaging your team, so you have your team and I think it's good in your, like a lot of a really thoughtful thing you can do before any meeting is create an agenda of what you're going to be talking about. Really bake intentional time into getting to know each other, celebrating wins along the way. Like that's something that I've seen I think we do a pretty good job at Oyster and I've seen be not so successful other places. It's like not celebrating the wins along the way. Like we have so many things we're trying to do so quickly. Like it's important to take a moment to reflect and, and give thanks to somebody who helped you in a certain way. And so I think that's always important. Make time into your agenda to do that and get human for a little bit. But when it comes to the infrastructure side of things, like I, going back to this foundation, I, I felt very fortunate that when I joined, we had a lot of really strong leaders that helped lay that foundation. So Nell's and others to be onboarded successfully. There's a there's this framework that I, you can follow, and it's it's just a series of questions that you ask yourself. Is it is it working today? <laughs> you know, ask yourself that. Hey, is the pro, is our processes working today? When it comes to if it's maybe it's onboarding, you can look at everything as a whole, and there's probably chunks that are working, chunks that are not. 
and really digging into, hey, why isn't this working? Why isn't it? Why is it like, what's the hurdle right now? Can we work through that? But then also looking through the lens of, is this going to work six months from now when we crush it? We are twice as big. We are driving twice as many sales calls or twice as much revenue, AR or whatever it is. And our team is twice as big. Will these processes hold up, right? Time just flies so quickly. And if the answer is no to either of those, so if it's no to the first one, are the processes working today? Does somebody get a world-class experience when they get on board today? If the answer is no, we need to dig into why that's not. So we can like immediately fix that, the injury. And then if it's like, then there's the preventative care of thinking about, okay, six months from now, how do we build the infrastructure in order to support our growth? Well, it's a simple framework, but it's that. The idea of asking yourself, are we prepared for the future? Can we handle what we're trying to do today? Are we prepared for the future? And what can we do to better prepare ourselves while still needing, while still trying and working to accomplish the goals we need to hit today? It's way too easy to get caught up in the now and forget that something down the road is going to come up. Thing big that you need to do, you need to plan for, you need to be thoughtful about. So it's a framework I think about. Like I, we deal on a quarterly basis here at Oyster. I would not be as successful as I am if I didn't think about Q1 of 2024 and the activities that I want to do then, right? The, the work I do now can sometimes lead to outcomes that happen six months from now. There, the, that can be applied to many different aspects of your business, whether it's hiring or retaining and engaging people or individually, how you think about building out your function, be it sales, be it product, that might be. It sounds like there are two main components to to how you tackle this. So the first one is on the personal level, just being very intentional about how you approach meetings, setting agendas, making sure that you have some space in those agendas to connect with people, celebrating wins, giving thanks to, to and recognition to people that have helped you along the way or have worked with you. And the second piece is around elevating it beyond just the individual at the infrastructural level. How do you at the very technical level, fix injuries to people as part of the process. And then also thinking ahead, asking yourselves what's working, what's not, why not? Is this still going to work in six months? I think those are extremely helpful to those of us who are, even those of us who are working with teams that are not remote and trying to, trying to build them into elite high performance teams. People want to find you. What's the best way for them to do sales? LinkedIn. Liz, you can feel free to email me. I'm just nell.petterson at oysterhr.com, but also LinkedIn. That's my, I really hate social media. <laughs> so you're not finding me anywhere else. I am not a prolific tweeter by any means or anything like that. Or, uh, but yeah, I'll engage with folks on LinkedIn. I'm happy to email and really to that idea of just having an open mind. I love connecting with folks on anything really, whether it's, I'm not of that mindset that my, that I only ever think about partnership for Oyster. I love mentoring when I can. I love volunteering when I can, working with different technology companies across all different sizes. So it's fun to connect with people. Please reach out. I'm happy and excited to chat with you. Perfect. Thanks, folks. Thanks much for help hanging out with us today, Nels. And uh, for those of you who are listening, I hope you enjoyed this conversation and have taken away a few good nuggets that you can apply in your teams as well. Make sure you drop us a review and tune in the next time on the HR Impact Show, where we're going to have more and more great leaders like Nels sharing with us their best practices in building elite teams. Thanks for listening to this episode of the HR Impact Show. We hope you liked the conversation. 
Don't forget to continue supporting us by joining the HR Impact community. You can find the community at www.engagerocket.co slash HR Impact. Tune in next time where we'll have another guest who's going to share with us the game-changing insights that help them build high-performing teams.